This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. You don't have to raise your hand or anything, but I've got a question for you, okay? Have, have you ever forgotten where you parked your car? <laughs> right? You know, it... It's one thing, right, when you forget where you park your car and you're like at pick and save, right? I mean, there are only so many rows to go up and down, right? But if it's like Christmas time and you're at the mall and you go out and you can't remember where you parked and there's like row after row of cars, well... You know, I don't know what you say to yourself, but I know what I say to myself. I say this. Well, I'm not going to say it because we got kids present here, right? You know, and it's just, it's horrible, right? You're going up and down the roads. I'm so glad whoever came up with this little thing on the key that will, you know, make your car horn honk, you know, honk out in the distance. Oh, getting warmer. Yes. You know, but, but has it ever happened where like you've got packages in your hand or you're pushing a cart and you can't find your car and then a car comes behind you, creeping along behind you, right? (laughs) They want your spot, but they don't know that you're lost (laughs) until they know that you're lost, right? And there you are on the walk of shame and embarrassment, all because you forgot where you parked your car. This morning, we're going to meet a couple of guys who are going through a whole lot of difficulty in their life. They're going through a whole lot of pain, a whole lot of discouragement, a whole lot of despair, a whole lot of disillusionment. And it was because they had forgot what Jesus had said. So here's the words. This is back to that first Easter evening. Now, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they just talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. They replied to him, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers hand him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets... Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it's nearly evening. The day's almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They had forgotten 
had forgotten Jesus' clear words. And they were devastated until Jesus came back just as he said. Over the past couple of weeks, there have been some amazing comebacks that we've experienced. Two weeks ago, the University of Virginia men's basketball team won the national championship. Okay? This is just one year removed from Virginia. That same team, the number one team in the nation, played in one of those NCAA games the very first round, and they lost to a 16 seed. That was the first and only time that's happened in history. They were devastated. But now this year, they're the champions. What a comeback. Last week was the Masters Golf Championship. Okay? It had been 14 years since Tiger Woods won the Masters. 14 years. He went through a whole lot of stuff in that time. Some of it was his own doing and others of it's just the, the difficulties of life. But then last week on Sunday, Tiger roared and he won the Masters again. It was an amazing comeback. It was a comeback made for television, right? They, they went back and they showed Tiger after he won the first Masters championship, hugging on his father. And then this year they showed him after he won hugging his little son. It was a great comeback. Awesome. It's past week Monday. The Los Angeles Clippers were playing the Golden State Warriors in the NBA playoffs at Golden State. Los Angeles was down 31 points. That's more than a, like a quarter's worth of points. And they came back and they won. It was the greatest deficit any NBA team had ever experienced, accomplished in the history of the game in the playoffs. But I submit to you that Jesus coming back to life from death makes those sports comebacks look really, really weak and insignificant, right? From death to life, real life. Jesus came back to life, friends. He's alive. I was reading a blog this past week from Pastor Hine, one of our pastors here in the Milwaukee area. And in his blog, he shared this, that 90% of historians, whether they're Christian or not, 90% of historians agree that there was a real Jesus who was crucified by the Romans, died, and was buried. He pointed out to two non-Christian historians, a Roman historian going way back in history into that time era of Jesus' life, a Roman guy by the name of Tacitus who was describing and explaining all this. Not only did he go up from the Roman point of view, but he also picked out a, a Jewish historian, someone who didn't believe that Jesus was Savior, and that guy's name was Josephus, and again, he's testifying to the exact same things. Jesus died and was buried, and a Roman soldier was put guard over that tomb because those who were outside of the faith remembered Jesus' words and not those who were followers of Jesus. And then comes the third day, and Jesus isn't there, and the rumor gets spread around, the true rumor, though, that Jesus was alive, and they're the Roman government, and they're the Jewish church leaders, and, you know, they're going, okay, someone stole his body, and, and then... You know, the rumors are just going. All they had to do to quell the rumor that Jesus was alive was show Jesus' dead body, right? 
but they couldn't because Jesus wasn't dead. He was alive. Think back to the substance of history. You had Jesus' followers. They had witnessed this, that he was crucified and died. They thought it was over. They thought it was over. They were hiding in a room for fear of their lives. I, I hope none of you have ever been there, probably maybe some of you in battle, where you actually feared for your life. You didn't know what was going to happen the next second. You were fear. This was the disciples. They were afraid someone was going to put them to death, either the Jewish people or the Roman people, and they were hiding. They didn't want to go out. They were afraid, and then Jesus came and appeared to them. And that changed everything for them. Those who were hiding, afraid of their death, they went out into the world and they proclaimed the living Lord Jesus to the ones that they were previously afraid of, to the ones that they thought were going to take their life, to the ones who took Jesus' life. They stood right in front of them and said, Jesus is alive. Think of history. Think of the reality of what's going on. Jesus had brothers and sisters. They didn't believe at first that Jesus was God. Those of you who have brothers or sisters, imagine that. Imagine that, that mountain that you would have to climb to try and tell your brother or sister, convince your brother or sister that you're God. How would that work? Yeah, right. You know, not a chance. All right. That was Jesus' brothers and sisters at first. Then there was another guy, Saul of Tarsus, who was a great persecutor of the Christian church. He wanted it demolished. And then the resurrected Jesus appeared to his brothers and sisters, appeared to Saul of Tarsus, and that changed everything. They flipped. They went from being unbelievers to believers. They went from being persecutors and fearful to testifying, putting their own life on the line for that truth, that Jesus was alive. Think about it. Jesus has had a significant and undeniable impact on history. Jesus changed the day that we worship on. Previous to this, everybody worshiped on Saturday. Jesus rises on Sunday, comes back to life on Sunday, and here we are today. Right here, boom, Sunday, right? And because Jesus is alive, we can actually worship on any day. Saturday's no longer the only day. Think about it. Think about how Jesus has changed history. For a lot of us, as we studied in school, we learned about things and we said, you know, boy, that happened in, in 525 A.D., you know, that happened in 1776 A.D. You know, I, I was born in 1985 A.D. You know what the A.D. stands for, right? In the year of our Lord. That's Latin for in the year of the Lord. And, and you know, I know today we've changed that to, to the common era, C.E. And, and, you know, I'll just be honest. I'm not comfortable with that, you know, because I think they're trying to get rid of God, and I may be wrong on all that, but here's the deal, whether it's A.D. or C.E., it's all going back to the same event in history. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. So you can call it C.E. It's still going back. It's still based on Jesus. Jesus has had a significant role in history. Think of art. Think of all the art that is around because of Jesus. How come so many of us have crosses today? 
that we wear. Right? Think about the, the Cathedral of Notre Dame that had a really bad week, right? All of that because of Jesus. It all goes back to Jesus. Jesus is alive. The question is, is where, are we willing to allow that truth to transform our lives? Or do we sometimes forget what that truth means for us in the day to day? Here's an example that, that we forget about what it means in the day-to-day that Jesus is alive. If you've ever been burdened and guilted and shamed by your sin, if you've been ever weighed down, pressed down because of your sin, you're forgetting that Jesus is alive. He's your savior. He's taken away your sin. And when the sin is gone, there's no guilt or shame either. Listen to what the scriptures say. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Ever feel like your sin is too much or too many or you're no good? Don't forget about Jesus. Remember Jesus. Sometimes we we show that we forget that Jesus is alive because we try to face temptation on our own. You know, there's something out there, and and we've probably done it, right? But we go, no, not going to do it anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. And and as time goes on, that burden and that weight of that temptation and everything just starts to push down on us really, really hard. And, And sooner, you know, we're just feeling bad and we crumble and we cave. When you're being tempted, Remember, Jesus lives. Hear the words. We have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Here's what I do, and I don't do it perfect, and I'm by any means not perfect, <laughs> but, but when temptation comes, what I try to do is I try to place Jesus in front of me in between that temptation that's there. That way I see Jesus instead of the temptation. This past Tuesday morning, somewhere around 2.30 or 3.30, I can't remember, I was up. And I was overwhelmed. I was thinking of the like 14 trillion things that needed to be done between that time and this time, you know? And and I I was worrying. I was anxious. I was nervous. To be honest, I was literally sweating. And then God said, hey, remember, I'm alive. Jesus said to me and to you, Surely I am with you always. When you're going through tough times, you're not alone. No matter what it is, God is right there. That's his promise to you. Surely I am with you always. Sometimes we forget that Jesus is alive and we try to make Christianity about rules and regulations instead of grace. And what that looks like is is that we think and say, maybe of ourselves, other people, that 
to be accepted, to be welcomed, to be loved. You've got to act and think a certain way. Got to act and think a certain way before you're welcomed and loved. And I just want you to know straight up, that's gross. And that's not Christianity. Christianity is about Jesus extending his kingdom, wholeheartedly welcoming everyone with a joyful hug of grace. Think about it. Okay, go back in history. That Matthew 28 reading that I did our our scripture reading with, one of the Marys that Jesus appeared to, Mary Magdalene, okay? We don't know a ton about her, but we know that she was demon-possessed. She had seven different demons. Again, I don't know what that's all like, but I just want you to know that one demon will really mess you up, okay? Just one will mess you up, mess your family up, mess your job up, all that. She had seven of them. And Jesus went to her and welcomed her and received her in love. To the degree that he came back was one of the first people that he showed himself to. We could carry it on a a little step further too and just use Mary again, Mary Magdalene. She was a woman, okay? Uh, If you think that we have difficulty in our day with equality between men and women, And we do, and we have some work to do, some big time work to do. It was a whole lot different back then. Women were considered literally of no value. They had no standing in society and culture. But to Jesus, all people do. And so he appeared to Mary. Jesus is the first world leader to inaugurate a kingdom For the outliers, for the outcasts, for the criminals, for the good-for-nothings, for the poor, for the meek, for the weak, for the failures. Those who failed in finances, those who failed in education, those who failed in time management, those who failed in relationships, those who failed in love, those who failed in life. Jesus spent the 40 days after his resurrection seeking out his disciples who had gone away from him, who had betrayed him, who had denied him, who had given up hope. See, if you're not very good at being good, welcome to the kingdom of grace. Scripture says this, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And it's not from yourselves, it's the gift of God not by works, so that no one can boast. As I started off our our lesson here this morning, I started talking about these two men that were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. You understand what's going on there, right? Really what was going on is they were walking away from Jesus. And Jesus came and walked with them. They're walking away from him. Jesus starts walking with them. And he opens up the scriptures to them, gives them a little Bible story, right? And then they say, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Jesus transformed their lives. They were walking away from him. 
They were going to their town, a, a town called Emmaus, again, just about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were going late afternoon because they wanted to get home before it got dark because the bad people came out at dark. And Jesus joined them. Jesus shared the scriptures with them. Jesus pretended he was going on a little bit farther. They said, no, no, come in. It's getting late. Don't be out with the bad people. Stay with us. And Jesus went in and they started to have supper. Jesus broke the bread, gave thanks in their eyes. Oh, it's Jesus. They show the transformation in their life because it's dark outside now. But they're not staying in their home. They run back to Jerusalem. Jesus brings meaning and purpose into their lives and into your life and mine. See, Jesus loves to meet people, all people where they're at, even those walking away from him, even those who have walked away, even those who have lost their faith, even those who don't have faith. Scripture says this, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Guys, Jesus has his arms outstretched you this morning to welcome you and to restore you. And he comes along with an invitation too, an invitation to eternal life. Think about it. If we go back again in history, over the course of the last hundred years or so, Go back to 1919. Sounds like a root beer or something, right? Go back 100 years, and the life expectancy of people living in the United States has virtually doubled. Things have changed, but one thing hasn't changed, and that is we are continually, whether we recognize it or not, motivated by our fear of death. Science and medicine are on a sprint to try and solve disease so that they can solve death. We try to ignore death. We don't want to talk about death. We want to pretend like it doesn't exist. But death is real. Go to any hospital and you'll find death. Go to any funeral home and you'll find death. And one day, Death is going to come to our home, too. And so we expend a, a lot of energy with science and medicine and, and charity and, and legislation trying to, to cure death. And all that's good, right? Science and medicine and charity and donating to, to good causes, medical causes, that's fantastic. But I want you to know those things aren't the answer to physical death, let alone spiritual death. But Jesus says, Jesus says, Jesus came and, and lived perfectly, absolutely perfectly in our place. And then he died in our place. And he rose again. Because you see, he did conquer sin. Because see, the wages of sin is death. But when there is no sin... When that payment has been made, there's life. He made the payment. No sin. He came back to life so that you and I could live today 
and live forever. Here are the words. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Hey, guys, here's the deal, right? The, the issue isn't Jesus' resurrection, right? Jesus is alive. The issue is whether you and I are actually going to live like it. If we're going to allow that truth to transform our lives, this morning, Jesus is inviting you, either for the first time or for the umpteenth time, to come back and celebrate the greatest comeback ever. Because you see, Jesus really does change everything. For where Jesus is, there's power, there's strength, there's meaning, there's purpose, there's value, there's love, there's hope, there's joy, and there's victory. It's Easter Sunday. And because Jesus is alive, your victory starts right now. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.